Hello. Emily. Yes. It is Brianna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm sorry. I, like, apparently think the whole country's on Eastern time. I'm not. Oh, it's fine, girl. It's okay. I got it. I totally get it. I literally just saw your text, and I was like, oh, my God, what time is it? And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's good. (laughs) I was like, I "I just called her, but hold on. I'm supposed to, like, uh, this person was waiting on me or whatever, and I was like, hold on. Let me see. Let me see what's going on. You and your husband are a team, right? You guys have this team ordeal, and you not only board, but you also train and you show horses and stuff. You sell horses too, right? Yeah, we don't really board as much. We're mostly just training, but we have, like, two boarders that ride in the program but just board their horse and take lessons kind of thing. But mostly everything else is training, but yeah. So that's cool. And you guys don't do colt starting. You just take something. Well, you do colt oh, yeah. starting. Oh, what all do you do? Yeah, of that, we'll always take, like, people that are interested in, like, showing the horse kind of thing. Like, we kind of don't just do any old horse that comes along anymore. Right. Well, I think you got to be picky in a certain way, so that way you can concentrate on the thing that you guys are really trying to concentrate on, which is you guys are mainly range cow horse. That's what you're trying to just particularly do, right? Uh, yeah, so we keep trying to, like, push the focus onto that so that we can stay, like, in the same, I guess you could call it zip code as, like, we're supposed to be. Um, yeah. We haven't, we're not far enough along in being horse trainers to get basically every horse in that's going to be, like, you know, this great show horse, so we have a very large, um, what most barns would call it as a non-pro, but we don't even have that. We have, like, an amateur, very amateur-friendly riding program at this point. Um, just yeah. because we haven't evolved those amateurs into the non-pro level yet, but, like, we have the pieces in place and they're coming, so I would call us, like, a baby training one. Like, we're baby horse training. What I tell people all the time. Well, I think it's a good you you reach a good part of the market, really, because you know a lot of people are just trying to get into it. So, I mean, that's to your advantage, actually. You know, to be able to take Absolutely. on people that are just getting their feet wet, because like it's intimidating for somebody who. I mean, I never did rank cows. It's kind of intimidating to even consider the fact of just going straight, like trying to go top notch, big show. You know, so, so that's we kind of went that way, like, when, because we both, starting out, we both had a lot of horse knowledge. Like, my husband, he, he's team rope professionally his whole young adult life. Like, he's literally team rope for a job. So, um, and then I didn't know I that. To, yes, he comes from strong team rope background. So then I... Went to MTSU and graduated there with a pre-veterinary science degree um, with emphasis on horses. So I have a lot more, like, of the formal um, collegiate, in quotation, type training where, you know, I participated in the equestrian team and rode collegiate and did all those things. So, I mean, we both are have strong backgrounds in horses, but we didn't have the range cowers backgrounds of starting out. We went to a pretty top-notch show barn, and, you know, not that that was a bad thing because we learned a lot, but just being in that environment, it's not always the most um, welcoming environment for people who don't have horse knowledge. So, like, starting our barn, I wanted this environment of where people could walk into a warm place where they felt 100% comfortable to look like a complete goofball and start from the bottom and work their way up. Like, I want people to feel okay to look a little silly at first and not be hard on themselves because they're not getting everything right away. Like, I wanted 
a more welcoming environment in that aspect where you're not getting that that feeling of what are you doing all the time, you know, where you're really out there trying to figure stuff out and you feel like a complete major idiot because you're, you know, you're not getting very small tasks. They're just not coming to you. And, you know, yeah. I feel like yeah. so much of that is so hard on people that don't, you know, I would say I've had a few, but I yeah. struggle a lot with self-confidence and I always have. Yeah. And then I have, um, I have some, I have some like issues from my past where I don't feel well with people yelling. Um, yeah. And that's sort of a whole nother long story in a nutshell on its own. But if people yell, my brain turns off. And it is directly been from like being in a very abusive situation as a young adult. So, you know, I have that I battle with. And then I'm that person where if I don't get something right, I will beat myself up mentally. And by yeah. the time five minutes goes by, I have a no talent, no account rider and I should have never got on that horse to begin with and I've talked myself out of even being in the same room with the people training me. So I guess I have a different I have a different view of it. I have the view of it from when you're starting out and you don't have any confidence because you don't know what you're doing. And I'm not even the person who doesn't know what they're doing, and I felt that way. So I guess I'm super sensitive to people being in an environment where they can learn. Um, yeah, and people have different learning styles. I can say that. I know that you, know, you could take two people, and you could put a trainer and a person together, and they just don't mesh. It's just, it just don't work, Absolutely. and then turn around and switch them up with somebody else and then all of a sudden it just works. So I get that. But that's cool no, you guys offer that. Yeah, absolutely Yeah, and that was like our biggest thing and just, you know, our number, I think our number one thing is to make sure people are in an environment where they feel comfortable learning around their peers and watching all of their peers do the same things they're learning to do. And then two, like, we're absolutely, we put the horses first no matter what. And that yeah. means, that means a lot of different things. It means, you know, reminding people that aren't getting something that, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's not the horse, the horse has the skill, you've got to modify the skill, you've got to, you know, you've got to try to put that horse first and try to fill it out to where the horse is understanding what you want, like, and, and, all aspects of making sure these horses stay sound, making sure they're not pushed to the point that they're we're breaking them down physically to where they can't be sustainable for it to be a lifelong horse. And, you know, making sure that they're not going to be crippled when they're 10, you know, like yeah. giving them rest when they need it, giving them time off when they need it, and just to be an advocate for the horses themselves. If that makes sense. Do you think the rain cow is less strenuous on a horse compared to other disciplines? I'm I think that it can be really hard on them because horses are, they're only made to do so much physically. And the more you push and the more strain that's put on their body, I mean, you're obviously putting them in a position that's compromising. But yeah. with that being said, I also feel like NRCHA, which is why we show NRCHA, they have rules and incentives and the age events that allow you to take the right amount of time to get a horse physically ready to be a bridal horse when they're seven. So there's, um, you know, there's snaffle bit here and there's two hackamore years and there's two rain years. All of those years give them time and put everyone on the same playing field to prepare that horse to be and have a lifelong bridal career. 
And that's what I really do. I'm a huge advocate for the way that NRCHA is set up because you do see some of these associations where they're showing a three-year-old one-handed. And I don't really necessarily feel like that is a good thing for the horse. Um, you have to push a horse to a certain point to make that happen by the time they're three. And, you know, I just don't feel like that should be allowed in ways. Um, I feel like they should, you know, have a few more age events like NRCAJ does than they do in some of the other associations. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because, you know, not, I mean, depending on who it is and where they are, you know, you have places out there that won't even touch a horse till they're four, like won't even touch it. Oh, absolutely. And some of the English disciplines, I know a lot of the warm bloods, I mean, they grow so long um, and it takes them a while to be physically ready to even have a person on their back, let alone being broke at two and snaffled it at three, you know, it's a lot on a horse. So we're, we're trying to put our stamp on it and stand behind what we're doing. So I think that's extremely important for us and what we're trying to promote ourselves to be. So we're pretty disciplined with all that kind of stuff. Well, that's good. I think that's a that's a very good thing to be an advocate for. I, mean, yeah. I didn't know that about NRCHA. I didn't know that they had a – I mean, I know you have, like, the snaffle bit, security. You have a couple of different yeah. areas where people, you know, can show a snaffle bit. Yeah, so NRCHA, you have – until they are six years old, you can show in, in a snaffle bit. Or you can show in a hackamore, which is kind of like what most people would term as a bozelle, like a, yeah. you know, a, a bitless bridle kind of rig. Um, and when your hackamore years are your four and five-year-old years, you know, showing in just a hackamore running a cow down the fence at 9-0 on a four-year-old, you know, it, it takes the right cojones and a rider, but it also, it kind of limits what you can do in certain ways, if that makes sense. And so, they're not mean, pushing these well, horses to be one-handed and a bridle. And I thought I had more came before the bit. Do what now? I thought, well, I mean, I rode in a boggle. We called it a boggle. We, we didn't call it boggle. Yeah. <laughs> that's the swanky word for it, but basically that's what it is. Before I went to a bit, you're saying people show in a bit and then go to a, go to a bazel? Yeah, so that we will start a horse without a bit. So like when we start horses, they all get started in a loping acmore, which is kind of sort of like a a rope halter with. A yeah, it's just a bottle. It's like, one of the same. Yeah. But it, it's a nylon halter, basically, with a, yeah. you know, with a, the right reins on it. But um, we start them all that way. But then probably about six months in, we go to a snaffle bit. And yeah. teach them all the ins and outs of that and the cues they need to know. And their three-year-old here in October, when they go to the snaffle bit jury, that's what you show in. It's just plain old snaffle bit. And then their four- and five-year-old year, you go back to a hackamore. Which, that, the Hackmore is one of the most competitive divisions that there is. Um, yeah. People get really into it. I mean, because there's so much added money and it's so, the, the level of how difficult it is, is like out the roof. Because that horse has to be so responsive off your leg and the touch of the reins. Because you can't really pull on a Hackmore. So you're kind of like limited with what you can do with the reins and you're basically riding that horse with your feet. So yeah, that's why I can it's see so that. competitive because that level of difficulty is, I mean, out the roof. So yeah. um, it is a very competitive couple of years in a horse's life. So, And then they have a thing called their six-year-old year. They show in what's called a two-rein rig, which is a small little bozelle with a bit. And you put both on, and it teaches that horse to transition from a hackamore to a bridle, to a big bridle. 
So you'll see people in those kind of rigs. Well, that's a whole other year where you have special stuff you can show in. Um, Do you think the competition is a lot different coming from, you said you did collegiate, right? Yes. Do you, do you think that type of competitive atmosphere is different going from that to a more professional, well, that's the wrong word, not professional, but, you know, like open association, non-college type atmosphere? Know, the thing with collegiate riding was way more nerve-wracking because you literally draw a name of a horse out of a hat. And you get on that horse, and you adjust your stirrup, and you go in the arena. Someone leads you to the arena gate, and you go into the open, and you show a horse you've never ridden. You've never so, seen it or nothing? Nothing. You draw a name out of a hat, and they take you to the horse, and they say, here's the horse you drew. You literally... It's important practicing. Adjust, <laughs> you adjust your stirrup, and you go in and show it. And, you know, when you're in college... At my years at NCSU were not as well, the, the team was not like it is now. There was no stock course team. You had to show English and Western to do the team because nobody at the time there wanted to show Western. So you oh, really? Both. Yeah. It was a way bigger English program at that time than it is now. So you had to show both. That's how, like, I even learned to ride Western was because, I had to do both, and then I just fell in love with it and stuck with it. But collegiate riding, you're drawing a name out of a hat. You've never sat on that horse before. And you go in an arena and you show a horse you've never been on, and you have to figure it out and figure out how to get it around while you're showing. I would need a shot or a Xanax, one or the other. Girl, it was nerve-wracking. I'm telling you what. <laughs> that's why I can – that people will joke, like, I can get any horse through a class. Only because I rode some rank old nasty school horses, and back then, I mean, now people will donate horses because they're like, you know, proud and want to help the college out. Back then, it wasn't like that. You're riding junk no one wanted and couldn't sell, so they donated to the school to get a tax credit. Well, like, I was fixing to, to say, I, has this collegiate come up a lot? Oh, like, yeah. Is it more popular now than? Here what? it is, definitely. Here it is, definitely. Like the team, I would give my left arm to have the team they have now when I was in college. Well, wait. How old but, is Will? Roundabout. I'll be forty this year. Are you up near? Are you near me or younger than me? I'm thirty-eight this year. Okay, so, so we're about. Okay, so we're in the same area. So I was fixing to say, you know, when I was showing. Which my probably same time you were back then. This collegiate stuff, no, like you didn't hear of that. It was not. Maybe it was happening, but uh, I didn't hear about it. Well, it's big. It's just big now. I mean, it's really competitive now, and they have like yeah. all kinds of other different things you can do. Like, it's super cool for me to go to the Tennessee Softball shows and see Sam Jesse's team actually at like showing it something like that. Because the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like. Dang, I wish I could have had this when I was in college. I would have, I would have been all up in it, like, for sure. Yeah. And that they get the show, since they're not doing the ISHA, they get, or the, whatever it was, the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association, they, yeah. they get to show their own horse, which would have been amazing and way less. Yeah. Yeah, I give you props for just hopping on something you've never seen. Like, that's, that's pretty yeah, badass. Right. And that's when I felt dumb. So, like, I was crawling on horses' backs and, like, and taking them over fences. Like, I mean, I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I could do it now. I'm just too scared, but back then I didn't care. I could ride anything. I wasn't doing nothing, so. Well, hold on. I don't. It don't. I don't think it. No, I don't think you're scared. I think it's probably like me because I had that little horse a couple of years ago, and everybody was like, "Well, why don't you just get on it?" And I'm like, "I'm older now. First of all, I got nothing to prove, but second of all, I can't afford to get hurt. So we'll let somebody else do it." It's a little like that, but at the same time, and I didn't really get sh shaken up until a few years ago. Before we ever started training horses, we were practicing team roping, and I had this old gray mare like breaking half on me as I was throwing my rope over 
a spirit one, and I'm being scared the bejesus out of me. Bucked so hard it broke my billets on my saddle, like, swung me in the air so high. I mean, I hit the ground like a ton of bricks. It was awful. And ever oh, since wow. then, I've lost, like, a slight little tinge of golf. So, like, I used to be able to ride anything. It could buck. It could fall out on the ground. It didn't matter. I didn't come off of nothing. And ever since that happened, if one bucks with me, I'm like, oh, no, I'll jump off. Like, I, uh-uh. I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit because if you have never, I, there's a good saying. I don't trust anybody that says they ride if they ain't never fallen off before because you obviously um, ain't been riding yet. <laughs> and Josh is not that way. He's scared of nothing. Like when I say, like, I've never seen a person ride like him. He could ride anything. Like So Josh is not scared of anything, which I can see that. But um, No, he can ride anything. It's wild. <laughs> it's got to be a sense say. of fearlessness. No, he doesn't. He starts most of all the young horses, which I used to love some horses. Like, it was my favorite thing. Like, when we first met, every young horse we got, guess who started going first? Me. Every time. And ever since that mare tossed me, I've been a little, like, not as confident in the fact that I could stay on anything. So, I have not started a horse since that happened. And guess what I have to do, like, literally when we move my horse next week? What? I'm starting my own baby, and I'm going to take her to Snapple this Security in two years. Well, so that'll be cool. I'm going to try to do all the work on her myself, which is saying a lot. Like, and it really wasn't going to happen that way. Like, Josh was going to break her for me and get put like 120 days on her and then hand her over to me and I run my mouth one night and uh, he's like oh yeah I guess you're going to break your own horse then now that you're like you got all this confidence and whatever and I was like yeah I'll break her myself I got it and then immediately when I said I was like oh crap and then he was like alright well I guess you're breaking her yourself and ever since then I was like oh no Cause let me tell you, this thing I got coming up is a firecracker now. Like she's not, she's not playing around. He's trying to like beat me up and like get me all ready, you know? Yeah. Well, you gotta have that, I think. I mean, you know, it's Absolutely. cool when you have like a little cheer squad to help keep you going and things like that. Cause it can be very yep. self-defeating in horse business. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So what you guys are all showing for a while though your next show isn't until next year right yeah next show's the middle of january i think like the third week of january so we got a little while at home well that's cool even though the weather yeah ain't nothing wrong with that now you're you're from tennessee and josh is from tennessee too right yeah he's from Tullahoma, and then i'm from like near where we have the barn uh, in robertson county Mm mm-hmm so we're both Tennessee natives, which is rare, but we are. And you just visited, though. Didn't y'all go to Vegas or did y'all go to Arizona? Where'd y'all go? Where I saw cactus we, posts and stuff? Yeah, we went to Vegas to watch the um, Run for a Million. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was so fun. We had a great time. Is it as big of a, like, I don't want to say the word hype, but was it what you expected it to be, or was it more, like, because it's a big ordeal. Like, you see it on social media, and everybody gets ready for it. Like, it's a big thing. It is a big thing. Um, we really wanted to go because they, the, they added that cow horse challenge. Dude, I have not sat still for so long in the longest time, but, like, we didn't move our butts seat like it was that good of a like it was that fun to watch um, and then cool. they have like all of the shopping and boots and like I mean it was super super fun I can imagine the shopping was probably out there it's kind of like they say what's it called cowboy Christmas now at the NFR ain't that what they call it yeah and I bet it probably wasn't quite that big but it was a very fun it was a very fun time. I would definitely go back. So how many horses do you guys have now, currently, that are just yours? 
says yes, Art? Yeah. Ooh, you're going to get me caught now, making me claim this. Um, okay, so we each, we each have one show horse, and it's, it's never Josh that's the problem. It's always me that accumulates kidney horses. I'm the worst about it. Um, let's see. So we each have a show horse. So let's see. It would probably be each have a show horse, and then I have two babies. So I have the, the coming two-year-old, and then I have a weanling. Um, and then, let's see, I have two retired horses at home. And, oh, and we have the one lesson horse. So how many is that? Three, let's see, four, seven. We have seven horses. That's a part-time job. It actually is. <laughs> yes. It can be borderline full-time, too. <laughs> You're just doing it by yourself. Yeah. And then, so, total trick, because all those are not at the big barn. Those are at home at our house. Um, so, like, so, wait, yeah. you go oh, to another barn? Y'all have another barn? You have two locations? Yeah, we have our training barn, which is in Springfield. And then we have our house, which is, like, 20 minutes away. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. And you guys are just starting to have clinics too, right? Um, we have done a clinic or two here and there. Um, so we don't have the most time for all that, to be honest. Um, yeah. We're, we have so many horses at the barn right now that we're running ourselves ragged just trying to keep everything pretty. Yeah. Um, but we've had one here and there. So those are okay, though. Um, You'd rather I concentrate think, on the training? Yes and no. Like, I, I think that having clinics is fun and great, but I really think it benefits other people more than what, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Yes, I mean, well, that's yes, probably the purpose of them, but. It is. It's basically to reach other people. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it really gets me behind on my own work, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like you take from one thing and then you got a snowball going on somewhere else, I guess is a good way to put it. Right. So, but, I mean, we had a good time um, doing them. It, it was fun. We did like a clinic that was set up... Um, sort of like a show for yeah. people that have not been able to show in a long time and are too nervous to try to like get back out there. Yeah. And I mean, people loved it. Now, what kind of, so you just touched on, um, well, not just now, but, you know, you talked about the bad wreck that you had and how it's kind of changed just a little bit from the kind of rider that you were before to now. What? have you done or what are you doing or what would you like to do to help you continue to make progress in that? Because the self-confidence part and the whole self-hype and having a, a cheer and all that kind of stuff in horses is really, really important. I don't think people realize how kind of important it is because, you know, our sport, well, I don't ride anymore, but horses in general, the sport is hard. It's, it's a hard Absolutely. hobby, sport, profession, whatever you want to call it. Because uh, we're working with a live animal, so. Right, absolutely. You know what? To be just real honest with you, I've tried lots of things because I was never like this before, right. you know, the past few years, and I've never had. So I guess it also stems from the fact I've never had to work hard, and I don't mean work hard like, I've never had to try hard on a horse. I've always been very right. natural with anything to do with horses. So when I started working cattle on horses, although I worked for a cutting trainer for a long while, I am not natural on cattle, if that makes sense. I can't read cattle as well as I would like to. Now, I think a lot of people are that way that didn't grow up around cows because I was never around cows before 10 years ago. You know, I right. didn't grow up that way. 
so I think for me, when I am able to get on my horse and go in the arena and I'm able to ride my horse and really focus on what my horse feels like underneath me while focusing on what the cow's body language is telling me, it gives me a lot more confidence than if I go in there super worried about my own riding and where I'm sitting and how my legs are and how I'm going to be and what this is going to do and trying to like force myself to be perfect, I can be a whole lot more confident in myself. If that does that make sense? So I think you mean for me, riding rain cow versus other disciplines? Absolutely. And I think that that's taken some more confidence out of me. I think having the wrong trainer has taken a lot of confidence out of me. Because, yeah. like I told you, I have my own personal struggles with some things. So, like, you know, obviously, if I'm in a situation where people are yelling and my brain wants to shut down on me, there's only so much I can do about that. So, yeah. there is that element of trying to prepare myself to be coachable and talk to myself and keep my brain calm and keep my brain doing what it needs to do to make connections between things. I think that telling myself I can do it versus going into it being worried and negative helped me more than anything. Mm -hmm. And I find the most confidence out of the times when I'm riding by myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't I can have relate to worry to that. about who is watching me and what's going on. And I can sit and I can feel the horse underneath me and not have to worry about who's around and what's happening and whatever. So I think there's times where... I think there's times where in everyone's riding career, literally just being able to get in the arena in fresh dirt on your horse with nobody hollering at you and nobody asking whatever, asking questions or watching you is like the best medicine really for getting that feel back. Because I think mm-hmm. as riders, our feel gets stolen from us. from our self-talk and our mental worries about what we're doing when we're riding and our disconnection from our horse because I think feel comes from connection with the horse and I, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that will sit here and say that you know there's lots of people that will sit here and look you right now and tell you you can't learn feel I'm, I don't believe that. I think that there are some people that can sit on a horse and they can feel it right away. And then I think there are people that have to work towards it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we lose Why would you not be able to learn feel? That's, who said oh, that? That's crazy. Girl, people will tell you that you can't learn that. And I think for me, I was told that I didn't have a lot of feel as a rider and that I would, you know, that's something that I would have to just learn around it because I would never get it. And that is one of the most damaging things someone's ever said to me as a rider because mm-hmm. I do have a lot of feel and they just didn't know how to coach me, if that makes sense. So yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I put them in a position where they were at a loss for how to coach me, doesn't mean that I don't have any feel as a rider. And, you know, it's kind of, in my mind, it's kind of crap a little bit. You know, like, I think that people struggle to find that because they are sitting in the saddle having a literal panic attack on the inside because they feel defeated and lost and off track. And, you know, they need someone in their corner telling them, it's coming. Your breakthrough is coming. Like, 
you're going to get there. If you keep working, you're going to get there. Like, I won't look at someone and tell them they can't do it. I will look at someone that might be a very limited rider, and I will look at them and I'll say, you know what? You have a lot of things to work on, but if you're diligent and you get to the barn and get in the saddle, we can fix this. And mm -hmm. I've seen people overcome. I've worked with a dyslexic rider that did not know left from right and outside and inside. And I've had to use colored stickers on their hands and use colors as directional terms instead of right and left. But you know what? If I have to stand out there and scream blue for left and red for right at you, and that's what works for you, I'm willing to damn do it. Like, I don't care because when you succeed in my heart, my heart just grows in it. There's been times where I've seen people do, like, the most stupid thing on a horse that you would think anyone could get on there and do. And I've seen people conquer stuff that, they're trying to do a right, walk a right circle, and they finally get that right circle. And I will be jumping up and down on the sideline. Like, you don't have to do something what other people would term as big for me to watch your struggle as an individual and, like, do whatever I have to do to make you succeed. So, like, I think that... Well, none of us were born on a horse. I mean, like, you know, we no. weren't born. Nobody was born. So for anybody to look down on somebody or I, I can't stand that. This will this will get my blood boiling. It, for people to bully no. or look down on or pick on somebody that's excited about something little, okay, well, screw you. That's really important to them, and they've not done it before. That's and right. last time I checked, nobody was born on a horse. Like, somebody that's started right. from square one. Everybody did. And I'm a little bit like that with the horses that are a little limited in their ability. Like, I am like the underdog, like, queen of underdogs. If somebody told you you can't do it, oh, you just buckle up because we're doing it. I don't care what. I will get out there with you for four hours if I have to. I, you want to talk about somebody swallowing crying out of sheer joy. Like, I literally, when this particular situation happened I was on the railing outside the show arena jumping up and down and screaming like a psycho like because I couldn't hold it in and then cried like a whole baby because I just was so proud of the horse and the owner like I couldn't even function and that is just me in a nutshell like I I just and I think it's from where I've been told like the wrong things in certain situations and you know I've been told oh you know you're just not going to get it and that horse will get used to you not being able to do it and I'm like looking around now at that I'm like boy you really like you bowed out before having someone great because like if those people that quit on you like that and give you the easy way out, if they would see what's in your heart and what, what kind of tenacity you have, they probably would have never said that. And they probably would have, like, stuck with me a little longer. And then when I've gotten those skills down, boy, it makes you freaking proud, like, inside. And I well, guess I'm here. Why do people like, limit the result? Like, okay, I, I mean, I'm not a trainer. I have no idea. To, I have no desire to be a trainer or do any of that type of stuff. But to me, it, it was always like, okay, well, if this person and this horse ain't mashing, let's change something instead of just going, oh, you can't do it or, oh, the horse can't do it. Let's change to a different horse or let's change the way we're teaching the person or let's change something that going to be a catalyst for whatever the issue is instead of just like you just said just quit like they just quit just drop it off and just quit you can't do it the horse is yeah. bad okay well no the horse is in the wrong situation or this is not the right horse for that person or etc 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 you know what i mean no i mean it's the thing like i mean and there are a lot of training barns that oh you can't get that on the horse let me let's just get you another horse 
Man, I ain't about that. If you tell me you're done with the horse and, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really vibing with the horse. Let's sell it and get something else. Okay, all day long. But if you tell me I really like this horse and I, I really want to make this work and I want to get these things down, like, yeah. I'm going to work equally as hard as you do. And if you're at the barn three nights a week, Riding after work at 8 p.m., guess who's going to be out there with you? This one. Because if you're willing to, like, work that hard, I'm going to be working right alongside you, and I'm going to be watching what you're doing with your horse, and I'm going to be, in my mind, watching that rider, and I'm going to be thinking, okay, she does this with her leg. She does this with her seat. How can I make myself modify what's happening and the disconnect between the horse and the rider. How can I fuse those things? Like, And I will sit there and be like brainstorming in my mind and trying to tweak things to where when I get back on that horse, I'm like bridging the gap. And, And I'm constantly trying to like figure out how, okay, well, they're not very good on sloping on the left lead. Like, how can I get this horse to where it's automatic or it can, like, pick up where this person is not quite as good? Like, I don't ever tell people, you know, you're really bad at this, and that's why the horse won't do it. Sorry. Like, I I will never say that to somebody. I will work as hard as I can, and if I get to a point where horse or rider are miserable together, and they're just really not getting it, and I've put in every single effort and every tool in my toolboxes in use, I might say, hey, how are you feeling about you and the horse together? And I will open in that, though. I don't ever yeah. tell someone, this is not the horse for you. Unless someone comes to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. I feel like this isn't working. What do you think? Then I might be like, you know, I think we can find you something better or I don't ever try to blame someone for whatever's happening. But I also am not going to look at you and be like, you're never going to get that. So move on to something That can be crushing. (laughs) No, I've been there. And I think that's where I have built some confidence back. And, I mean, yeah, I did have the bad fall. I'm not saying it's not the bad fall that took some confidence. It took a little gusto, a little wind out of myself. But I would say... More so having people tell me I can't do it and, like, falling into that. Because, man, I'll tell you what, building that that little tinge of, like, what I will term as tenacity, Mm -hmm. I've started to build that up in myself, and I'm becoming pretty dang resilient, which is really what I need. Because, you know, my husband, he is very mentally tough. Mm -hmm. He... He is very disciplined in very many ways, and he's very OCD. Well, I'm very, like, distracted and, like, you know, I'm kind of all over the place, and I, you know, I I struggle to stay, like, mentally focused where he's very extremely, like, regimented. Uh-huh. So he always tells me I will get in these places where I'm, you know, the night before I'm showing my horse, I'm out on the flag, and I can't make a right turn. And, you know, he'll look at me and be like, really? You can't make a right turn? Like, you've, you've gone too far. Like, you've got to reel yourself back in. You've got you've to get strong mentally. This is how you make mental toughness. And he'll give me these pep talks, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm here. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm back. I'll snap right out of it. But, like, I've really, like, this year has been about getting that tenacity in myself where when people tell me I can't do it, I don't go, yeah, I probably can't. I'm I'm looking at them. I'm like, hey, you want to tell me I can't do that again? Because I I, I need to hear it one more time so that I can yeah. literally go out here and curb stomp you in the show. Game. Like, go ahead. Wait, you, we can be, you can be your own worst enemy. Like, you could be in, a, oh, in your own I, little world against yourself while everybody else on the outside is just kind of like, what, what? But it's and, taken me a minute to take that and turn it around. And I think that's also part of my hang-up is, like, allowing people to do that to me. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. 
that's the next part, you know, you watch my partner in crime here. He, I mean, he's out there freaking, I mean, he's killing it. He has the perfect horse for him. He's got everything down. Like, I mean, he is out there crushing. And I'm a little, I'm a couple years behind him, like, in a lot of ways, you know. So, there's a lot of things that I would say I'm a little better at than him, too. But, you know, I you can't let him have all the glory now. <laughs> that's right. I have to look at him and be like, how can I be that? How can I get myself to the point he's at where I'm winning and, and earning checks and making money and I'm mentally tough and I'm not letting all this other stuff like get in my head and ruin my, my gusto for the, for the weekend. Like, so. I don't well, think don't feel I, ba- I mean, don't, don't feel bad because you're not, you're not the only one that like that. I mean, you know. Absolutely I'm not. not. I'm not. I know I'm not. But I've got to where I can look at him and be like, this sounds really funny. Not really know how to put it. Else to put it. Hell yeah. Like, I, I, I am where he was two years ago. And you know what that means? That means in two years, that's going to be me. And, right. and that might there you go. even be shorter than that if I just get my get my mind right. Like I'm there. Like I'm knocking on the door, and that's like getting to that point has taken me a while because it, it's been a, a battle for me. It, 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 like I said, I'm not natural with cattle, but I'll, I'm the first one to tell you that. I I'm not good at reading them. I'm not good at a lot of these things. But if I don't start putting a little confidence in my hot band, like, I never, I'll never get there. So I've had to, like, reach down and find the things that do make me more confident. And like I said, those rides alone, where I can really get in tune with my horse and feel him and really, like, almost become, which is a joke, but avatar man like we're connected we're on it he can think what i'm thinking he knows where i'm I at love he knows what star movies <laughs> like like you know and luckily for me i have the most perfect forgiving best horse in the entire world if it weren't for me being a complete goofball and like not being ready my horse is just as good as any, I mean, I have a really nice horse. And yeah. his nature has, like, allowed me some time to really get my mind right. And I think this next year, like, building up to when we go to Art of the Cowgirl one year from now, I think we're going to be pretty damn unstoppable. Now, like, wait, the Art of the Cowgirl, is that is that a show? It is. It's in January. You have taught me something. I thought that was a showcase. It it is. It's a craft fair, but it's a horse show. And it's I did not know that. It's world's greatest horsemen for women. So it's four events: fence, cutting, reining, and and fear stopping. Good for you. That's cool. I've been obsessed with it. It was my five year goal five years ago. So it's time. It's here. Like it's now. It's happening. And what happens I think that's and cool. I don't, if I don't get my butt out there and go do it, then I'm just going to keep sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else do it. So we're going to go do it. You're way ahead of the game just by going and doing it. I'll tell you that because, you know, well, I can't tell you that. Everybody in the horse industry knows you have couch trainers and then you have people that are actually really doing it. So. Right. That is right. I've noticed that. Do what? No, I said, that is right. That's the way it really is out there. You just sit on around and wait on it to come to you. It ain't going to work. So, Nope. You got to go do it. That's absolutely true. You cannot learn. You cannot grow. You cannot succeed in anything if you don't try. And you've got to already just prepare yourself to fail because in order to learn, you have to fail certain things at certain points or figure it out. It's just how the world works, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. So that's going to be when? That'll be one year from January. So, I mean, it, it's going to come up fast. 
So we got this year to try to get ready. I've got some coaching halfway lined up for me and him for um, a trainer that is a very good roper. So that, that'll be good. And then, yeah. um, you know, got to break the old ropes back out and get practicing again and get my little butt ready to go out there and try it and see what happens. You're going to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, I know cattle like the back of my hand. <laughs> I start telling myself that, man. <laughs> the morning affirmations. I saw that people do that. And you know what? It actually, I'm not laughing at it. I'm really not because, you know, you act on what you think. And if you tell yourself even nonchalant things like that, you know, if you get up and tell yourself, oh, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm this or I'm that, and you think it's just a joke, you'll end up actually thinking it. And so, No, and that's part of, like, that confidence you need to win. You have to think you're the best. Like, even yeah. if you're not, that they'll really believe it. And that is, like, the hardest, that's the hardest thing for me because I, like, I'm literally, like, looking around at all these badass riders that I'm surrounded by, and I'm like, like, this last horse show, when I learned I had to go in the class with everyone else, and I was like, what are you doing here? You don't belong with these people. You, you can't ride in this. And I'm, like, freaking out. And then I'm, like, then just has this whole mental toughness, like, conversation with me. And I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, this whole, like, I'm so dynamic with it. Like, I'm either one extreme or the other. I've never, like, find, like, the middle ground. Like, I'm either, like, completely hyping myself up like you can do it you got this you can do it you can do it you can do it or I'm like you're the worst that ever is and ever was so I'm I think like, that's I gotta awesome find the middle, I gotta find the middle ground somehow I suppose but no I think it's freaking awesome that you're doing that I think it's awesome as hell I, I think it's badass because you know it you it's very easy to get caught up into what like what you know You've had other trainers say to you or people tell you you can't do it. or And it's very intimidating. It's just like when you start going to the gym and you don't want to walk into the gym around the people that are already fit because it's very intimidating. It's not a cop-out. It's not a trigger. It's not any of that crap. It just is what it is. It's intimidating. And, you know, a lot of people easily just back out and go, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to do it. No, it's okay. But the fact that you're even fighting it and keep up and keep going and keep going and keep going, before you know it, you'll be exactly where you want to be. And not even, it'll be just like second nature for you. Absolutely. So I think it's uh, awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad someone does. But, I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. I try to be really honest about where I'm at. And I don't hide things well anyway because I'm extremely, like, un, like I, I do not possess the ability to be fake, um, which is actually very annoying sometimes. But, like, I just don't have it in me. I don't have a good poker face, so I, I try to be pretty honest with people, and the reason I do that is because, like, I find there's not a lot of people that will tell you their struggles with confidence because right. people hide that. I mean, it's not something anyone's ever proud of, so I'm kind of like, in my mind, I mean, hey, if I could help one person through a struggle with all of the crap that I struggle with, if, if telling people about it will help at least one person, then, like, that's something I didn't have. So, yeah, like, maybe it, it can help someone else be the best they can be at some point, you know? Or at least relatable in the sense of being relatable. Because, you know, just knowing that's that true. other people go through or are going through or have been through something that somebody else is going through, you can build a connection with that. And that's kind of cool, too, you know, because there's a lot of riders out there that are not confident. And oh, yeah. it's cool to know somebody yeah, else and I, I try really hard to – I try to be that cheerleader for people just because I know it, it's not something that you get easily in this business sometimes. So, you know – like I said, we really try to be, I try to make everything a big deal that somebody accomplishes, not because I'm doing it to be fake, because, like, I really feel like, I, I guess I feel people struggle more in depth than most people would in ways. 
Yeah. So, I don't think it's fake. Fake is when you're, like, nice to somebody and they turn around and you talk crap about them. To me, that's fake. If you're cheering somebody on. and Oh, yeah, that's that's fake. But if you're cheering somebody on and overhyping it and making it a big deal, no, that's not fake at all. That's that's doing your job. That's doing a good job. <laughs> not even that big of a deal, but when I see people struggle with things and then I see them get them, man, I, it sends me over the edge and happiness. So, but sometimes you need that tough love, though. I mean, I'm not going to knock that that at all. I mean, as far as I don't know, people need that. Sometimes you do absolutely. Sure do. Everybody does, but yeah. No, it's been it's been a fun fun couple of years, and it seems to be growing. So, I mean, guess we're doing something right somewhere, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Owning horses is like. Saying, why am I doing this? God, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This, I didn't have any other. I can't think of anything else. I'm glad we talked about the whole self confidence thing because that's. A, I think that's a big deal, and a lot of people, not to use the wrong words, I don't want to say fake. A lot of people mask it. That's probably a better word. A lot of people mask the struggle, but it is a struggle. You know, I think I actually read on a post in a group one day. This girl was kind of asking about. She was literally going, what do y'all do to, to help yourself? And I, I don't remember. She did rodeo or barrels or something. And I remember reading some of the comments. You know, a lot of people struggle with it. You know, one girl was like, I just, I taught myself how to breathe better and breathing exercises and things like that's that. Actually, that's actually Josh's. Um, he's, he's done, because, you know, he, although he on the exterior looks unshakable, like if you ever if you're ever if you ever watch him show like he looks like I mean like you look at him and you're like wow he's like really tough like well he he is learning to breathe through things like that and he has his own whatever I don't have problems with that so like I've always br- like done certain way of breathing in the show pen but, like mm-hmm. for him. Like, he would, he would tell me he'd get so nervous, he would feel like he was going to faint. And that's what he trained himself to do was breathe a different way. Mm-hmm. So, it definitely works. Yeah, yeah, that's what that one girl said. There were a couple other different comments. You know, some people take things and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, you're sitting on a thousand-pound animal. So, if you have not once at least been scared or scared at all. Well, you're probably not animal. doing it I right, I, don't I would you. say. <laughs> That's right. I, I said you're probably not doing it right if you've never been scared. <laughs> right. Yes. Nail on the head. You just hit. Yes. Exactly. You're not doing it right if you ain't been scared. <laughs> That's right. You're not going hard enough. You need to try harder. <laughs> right. Uh, I had a bad fall once too, and I, I'll never forget it. And that was probably the first time. You know, you go so long, like you said, you go so long being able to ride comfortable. You don't think about it. What is yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, Mama, can you come hold this horse? <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I'm going to need a whole minute. i got to calm down. Please. <laughs> I'm not scared to admit that, but I'm glad you said that. You ain't doing it right if you ain't never been scared. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine. I've been scared a couple times. I, uh... Actually, one time, dude, I have the funniest story. And this is like one of the stories. Actually, Derek would probably kill me if he knew I was going to tell you this story. So one time, a long time ago when we first met, so this has been, oh, probably eight years ago. I mean, it was like a while. It's been a while ago. Maybe seven years ago, something like that. Yeah. We're at home where we had, you know, set up our farm where we had a pretty nice outdoor pen. It was had lights. Like, we had a round pen we could set up to break horses or tear down or whatever. Well, we had a younger horse tied to the round pen that was, like, secured to a fence, you know, like, probably not as good as it should have been or whatever. And I'm out there working this horse I have who was kind of out there and my horse was working so good, and I was like, he's working on my feet so good, I bet I could ride him bridleless. And he's like, I bet you can't. And I'm like, yes, I can. So I pulled his stupid horse's bridle 
<laughs> this is such a terrible story. You're going to die when I tell you this. So I pull this stupid thing's ride along. And I'm sitting there like, all right, so I'm going to ride him riderless. So I go to lope him off, you know, I'm, you know, walking and trotting and making sure I'm not going to die. And right. so I lope this stupid thing off. Well, right about the time I lope this horse off, the horse that he was about to ride tied to the round pin panel, got its leg hung in the round pin panel, set back, rips the round pin out into the middle of the arena as I'm riding this freaking horse with no bridle, and that horse freaks out and run off with me with zero bridle on, okay? So I'm literally, like, about to die. And so I'm, like, panicked. I'm, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, and, I, and he's, like, trying to get the horse to stop. And literally, literally, I literally in my head just go, just open your feet and say, whoa. And so I opened my feet and I said, whoa. And as soon as I opened my feet and said, whoa, that sucker like locked it down. And I almost flew over his head. He stopped so hard. And so I literally like was like shaking all over and I jumped off and the horse just kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? And so I got off and I was like, like literally about to pass out. I was so scared. And Derek was like, Okay, don't ever do that again. <laughs> now, was the other, other horse okay? Oh, yeah, he was fine. He just scared himself, you know. Yep. Gotta take the risk. Get, get your get your face a little sweaty and, and scared before you know <laughs> <laughs> really what, what your life's about. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, we... uh when I say grew up around horses, we my dad like went on this whole. I said I wanted a pony, and the next thing you know, we had like they were breeding them. And my mare, we raised her, and all this kind of stuff. And um, when I say raised her, she was born here, and we raised yeah. her here. And um, we halter broke her. We did all that kind of good stuff. Well, when I was younger, like probably six, seven years old, maybe eight, I did not listen very well. <laughs> And my parents told me, don't go running up behind horses. Like, you know, one of the basic things, don't run up behind yeah. them. Don't clap around them. Like, we, I don't, we didn't tiptoe around our horses by any means, but you just tried to do basic safety. Like, I'm a six-year-old, okay? Don't run up behind the horse. Well, I thought it'd be a good idea to run up behind a little girl. At this time, she was probably one, one and a half, something like that. Both of her back legs come flying up in the air and struck me on my jaw. Just barely my jaw and pushed me back or fell me back. You know, like I pushed back to the ground or whatever. And I just mm-hmm. remember getting back up and running to my parents. And they looked at me and they go, that's what you get for running up behind the horse. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. So guess Dang. what I never did? I never well, ran up behind a horse. horse again. Absolutely. Yeah, people yeah. don't. I don't think people realize what they're getting into a lot of the time. Like I've had people comment. To me, things like, um, well, you know, like, I guess if we got a horse, it would change, like, our lifestyle. And you're like, yeah, yes, yes, you're you're on the right track here. Like, you're, you know, like, people are, they don't even realize the work that's involved. Like, yeah. you'll have people that want to come take lessons and they get, come in and get the horse and, you know, they ride and then they go home. Well, they don't see the millions of hours put into effort of taking care of these horses and making yeah. sure that they're, you know, vetted, taken care of, vaccinated, you know, feet done, teeth done, like all of the million things that don't even involve us touching them. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. That doesn't even count, you know, grooming them, uh, cleaning their stall, making sure they're fed, cared for, taken care of. I mean, people just don't realize what, people don't realize what effort is put in a lot of the time. And it's not because they don't want to realize, it's just because they don't know, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably takes you, well, I mean, for me, I would say, you're going to spend at least an hour-ish just 
cleaning stalls and feeding. Oh, absolutely. And that's even if you do it twice a day, it depends on if they're up or if they're out or if you move them and how many and you're rotating and stuff. I mean, you know, yep. add two, three hours to a normal family's work day. That's a absolutely. lot. Absolutely. <laughs> it is when you're already working 40 hours a week. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't have that kind of time to put into something else. But, right. no, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot going on for somebody that's not used to having a whole nother hour or two of work. And that's not even the enjoying part. Like, the part right, that you right. like can actually, like, enjoy the horse, like, you got a whole lot of work to do before you ever even get to the point where you can do anything else with them, you know? Yeah. Kind of no, wild. I was fixing to say, that doesn't even include the riding and having fun. I mean, like, if anybody's nope. ever trailered to go to a place, hell, you spend half of the time that you're at a show actually getting to the show and getting ready for the show. That's right. Yeah. If you're going to, if it's going to be a worthwhile situation, then... You are obviously going to have every desire to do it. And if you mm-hmm. don't, then you don't. It's sort of yeah. like one of those things where you're, you know, either worth it or it's not. Nice to have an actual conversation, it turns out, you know. It nobody is. ask nobody really asks about me that much. So I'm like, hey, people ask about me. This is kinda cool. Well, I think <laughs> it's cool to to put a context to the people too, you know, because I mean, me and you do mm-hmm. order for me and stuff. So it's cool to be able to put like a con an emotional context with somebody and kind of get a an idea. Um, I definitely agree with that. Can be weird. <laughs> it can be, and people take things so wrong. It's like yeah, right. Cra- it's like crazy sometimes when the way things are taken out of tech and. People will put their own flair on stuff you say, and you're just like, that is not what, <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> I completely know. I 110, uh, trust me, I 110% agree. Cause no, I and you're just like, what? Way. And what? it comes out a whole nother way, and then you're sitting over there going, what the frick right. just happened with this situation? <laughs> right. It's happened to me a million times where I'm like, how did this go from this to what? How did I get here? What happened? What yeah. just happened well, to me? I th- well, no, I mean, I think social media has a lot to do with it because I've been on both sides. I would sides agree with that. I've been on I would agree. And the side mm-hmm. where I've been wrong. So, well, yeah. But you got to be able to admit that crap and go on. All right, right. you know, yeah. hey, I didn't really mean it that way, but let's all be friends and go home happy. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. I agree. 